You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. Before we get started, please join us on Discord. That'd be awesome. Yes, there, there, there's an added bonus to joining us on Discord now. I'll get to it in a little while. It's discord.phpugly.com. That will take you there. Welcome. Welcome, everybody popping in. I appreciate everybody. Gentlemen, oh, this is going to be a good show. Why is something happening? We've had an interesting. No, one. Let, let, yeah. let's let's start it like normal. We'll let we'll let Eric I thought, do the honors. I thought we just, did. I, oh, I haven't even started the show yet, have I? Right, that's what I'm saying. Let's go ahead and start that. I'm excited Holy about shit. it. Well, well, actually, we have a problem with this. All right, so this is going to be the unofficial start. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me is John Congdon. What happened to our episode number? Going to get to that. Ah. And Thomas right now. Uh, 2.30. What? No. And you know why? As no. I eat a carrot, as I eat a spicy carrot and talk to you. That was very rude of me. Let me drink a beer. <laughs> that was the weirdest we had a start very, to the show ever. <laughs> we had a very exciting afternoon. And we got to participate uh, along with some other podcasters and other people from the PHP community in general in a PHP panel to discuss the security uh incident that happened with PHP core. We'll get into that here in a little bit, but hence our problem. So as part of that uh, effort, we were, we wanted to distribute the audio and video podcast to all the PHP podcasters out there and ask them to include it in their stream. The, the idea here is to get that information out to as many people as possible. And so we politely asked, hey, we created this. Would you add it to your, your podcast stream so your listeners uh, will hear it? And obviously, we did that. And obviously, PHP Architect did that. They were also on, on the panel as well. Getting to the problem. This should be episode 230 for us. It is. But, it is still 230. But Simplecast would not let me not call the earlier podcast anything but 2.30. Like, really? Maybe in theory I could have given it a much higher number. Actually, I didn't try that. You know, I'll probably go back and try that. Well, but, if, you, if, you, if well, you do that, then this becomes like that number plus one. No, actually, if I do that, then that podcast is always at the top of our feed. Yeah, don't do so that. So this is our problem. So, yes, this is technically episode 230. But I don't know uh, what are it's we going to do. This air, is this going to be every week? This is technically two thirty one, but we have to call it two thirty two. I don't yes. even know if anybody even sees the episode number on, on their on their podcast catcher or reader because I manually titled it. Title it. So I don't know. We'll just see where it goes. So yes, welcome to episode two hundred thirty of PHP Ugly. <laughs> I just have to remember moving forward. Well, that actually we, reminds me. I forgot to. Uh, I forgot to title this one. We we <laughs> do have to start off two twenty nine. It does say two twenty nine. What we're 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 changing the name to PHP Beautiful. Mm, nope. 
Yeah, we've, nah, we've received we've received too many uh, complaints. Why ugly? That uh, that doesn't make sense. Are you saying PHP is ugly? Are you saying your guys are ugly? No, it's so we're we're now officially going to be PHP beautiful. No, 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 no. When when you're playing Rocket League and somebody says PHP ugly, oh, I get it. Then <laughs> obviously it means something I, to somebody. I, John, do you know? I don't think I don't think John's catching up. Yeah, I don't yeah. Think John's catching on. Any, no. any idea? <laughs> What day it is today? No, it's April Fool's Day. No, it's April first, buddy. Good job. I screwed that Speaking one. Up. Of, Unf- oh, I got, I got. Fortunately, our really our trolled. security issue was not April Fool's. What's that? I got, got really trolled? trolled by Stack Overflow. Really? What did they oh. do? They they released theirs early yesterday, and it's just a little pop up widget when you search Stack Overflow and copy something. It says you have two copy paste functions remaining. Uh, for more for additional copy paste functionality, check out Stack Overflow Pro. <laughs> and I was instantly. Oh furious. yeah, I got it. <laughs> instantly so furious. <laughs> It, it took me way too long to realize what it was. <laughs> did, you, did you click on learn more? What's learn more do? Oh, it's the keyboard. That's awesome. Wait, I I was able to paste and I didn't get that. Copy. Copy from Stack Overflow and you should get a little pop-up. In the lower what? right-hand corner? Anything. Just copy anything. I, I'm cop. Control-C on any text? I, that's what I did. I just cop. I just... Yeah, on stackoverflow.com, go and hit Control C. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not seeing that. Oh man, I feel like I'm you, being left out of something cool. Cool. Ah, people don't like you, John. That's a constant. Yeah, that's a constant thing. Are you actually in a post like with with code yeah. that you're trying to steal? Oh, yeah. see, I'm I'm yeah. on their homepage. How do you get this? How do you get the code examples? Just click any of the links, dude. <laughs> Have you not used Stack Overflow before? I, I never. What is Stack Overflow? You're Oh, yes, I swear to God. Hey, Bucky. What 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 would you use Stack Overflow for? I've never used it. Mm-hmm. Literally everything. Explains why why the quality of your code, buddy. They also they also uh released the Stack Overflow keyboard, which is just mm-hmm. control C and V. Yep. What, Pretty awesome. You, stop, you have two free copy paste remaining. Hey, I finally got it. Click on click on learn more. Mm-hmm. All right. $40, that's a steal. So, we've got a lot to talk about. Before we get too far into it, I want to let our Discord know that they can now participate more in the show. I talked about this a while back, and uh, I let John and uh, Tom in on it a little bit, but I doubt if they even bothered to check it out. I but I hacked that. together no what I was looking at. Just I did look I, at it. I hacked, hacked together a little bit more of the ugly bot and there's now a bot in our discord if you join us on discord and if this works i'm gonna try for the first time here live uh if this works you can do a exclamation point title and suggest a title like um ugly flow we'll call it ugly flow boom now what that just did if everything worked correctly i should I should have shared my screen so you guys can see this, but if that worked correctly, I should that should have added to um, a file, Tom, that you can actually see uh, in our extras directory called titles.txt. So everybody can suggest a title now, and then we can kind of go through all the suggestions and figure out which one we want to use. Did you just give our Discord users... A job? Yes, more 
along the lines of I'm tired of trying to figure out titles and I want somebody else to do my work for me. So yes, yes, I did. That sounds about <laughs> right. I don't, I don't see the flaw with it. There, there's a few things you can do right now. So this is, I, I really just put this together, uh, like between last night and today. So if you, if you actually do exclamation point help, uh, it'll let you know a few other commands, but, um, some of them aren't exactly working the way I want them to work and, I need to mess around with a few things, but, but yeah, there's things you can do now. So the title one is the one I want to really suggest people take a crack at, but you you can't do it at the beginning of the show. You have to at least give us a little bit to talk about, and then you can find something funny within the show to make a title out of. Well, that's the point, right? Now they know what's there. So now as we continue through the show, they're like, Hey, that's going to be a nice title. I agree, but now. But now there's already a couple of titles added, and we haven't even gotten into the meat of the show yet. That's fine. I'd uh, rather have too many than too few. All right. That's a good, should we good talk, point. Should, should, should we talk about security and about our PHP panel? Well, uh, yeah. security, yes. I guess we should talk about that. Did something happen recently that people should know about? I really don't know what to do with you. <laughs> I really I don't, I just uh, don't know what to do with obviously, you at all. I, I'm, I was just, it was a softball trying to lob something out there <laughs> so you can bring people that don't know up to speed. Do I have to teach you how this podcasting Tom, thing works? Tom, you're the doom and gloom guy. Why don't you go ahead and get us uh, up to speed here? Obviously, the big news this week is that uh, the Git PHP net uh, server was in some way compromised. Um, they're still investigating what exactly happened, but a uh, hacker... submitted uh, commits to the main branch that had malicious code in it uh, under the name of uh, Rasmus Lairdorf and is it Nikita Nikita. Popov as well? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So So that's the worst part is the commits look like they were committed by core maintainers, not just random commits. It looked like it came from somebody that should be trusted. Uh, Now, as uh, we talked about in the earlier video, these were amateur hour attempts at implanting an exploit. Um, it's, I didn't want to get into it into in that video, but it was a, it's a very bizarre series of circumstances because it is an advanced compromise of the Git system, but the actual implementation of, of their hack was child's play, like just terrible, terrible work. Um, it's a very strange combination of things. Now, the PHP team immediately discovered that this had occurred, um, halted all access to the Git server, and quickly decided to move off of that Git server onto GitHub, which didn't exist at the time that PHP originally implemented their Git server. Um, GitHub has a lot of security stuff, a lot of permissions and access groups and rights that uh, are very helpful, uh, such as requiring two-factor authentication, um, signed commits, support, uh, a lot of cool stuff. So it's a good move. Uh, It happened very quickly. And as far as anyone can tell, uh, there hasn't been a compromise on any uh, production servers. Right. And I think uh, Sarah was pretty clear as well. And again, need to encourage you to go watch the video. You, you really kind of get a lot of information from Sarah Goldman, who is a, uh, is part of PHP internals. Um, she had a ton of information. Uh, we're just kind of highlighting some of it, but um, the, it turned out the server itself. So the PHP team had their own Git server. 
uh, that was separate from GitHub that they would they would actually mirror to GitHub. But the Git server uh, that PHP managed was the source of truth. Um, initially, there was some thought that maybe the server itself got compromised, and it, it seems as of today that's not the case. They think that. Uh, it looks it's leaning more towards the fact that some of the credentials, some old credentials may have been compromised or leaked is more like it. Um, but they're still they're still researching. They don't know for sure yet. That, right. That's best guess so far. A couple of good things that came out of this is that the it shows how important code review is. These these commits look like they came from pretty much the top tier contributors in PHP. There would really be no reason for anybody to question anything either one of these individuals would be committing. Um, But it was questioned. It was scrutinized and it was looked at. And, you know, I have to admit that I am very guilty of rubber stamping PRs, Uh, especially, you know, if a developer asks me to look at something and we're trying to get something pushed to production, I basically look at just some of the basic uh, uh, practices that they implemented, but I don't scrutinize the code itself as much as I should be. And this is a perfect example of why you should be, because you just never know. Uh, there are some changes that they're looking to in in changing with their workflow. Uh, the biggest one is that they're no longer going to manage their own Git server. They're just going to leave that to GitHub and let GitHub be the source of truth, which is uh, probably a, a good idea. But um, they're they're now looking into you know requiring uh, committers to have uh, signed commits. They're looking at having committers uh, required to have two factor authentication enabled. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of additional steps now that they're no, nothing is nothing is is set in stone yet. They're still discussing you know, everything involved with, with making these decisions, but they are working, they are working in that direction. Right. The, the thing they, that was brought up on the earlier show was leave, get to the professionals. GitHub is a professional organization. Maybe it wasn't back when they set up their own Git server, but GitHub itself has grown. And some of the features they have now, the, the protected branches is amazing. The fact that you can't push to a specific branch, whether it be develop your production branch, your staging branch, unless there's been a code review done, is fantastic. And that is so mm-hmm. hard to implement on your own server. But, I mean, while you can, it's really hard. GitHub already has it. It's one reason to take that out of your, your infrastructure and put it into something like GitHub. And that's hard for and- me to say since they're a Microsoft company. Just saying. <laughs> and one of the things that, uh, that floats around a lot with... Uh, speculation is why why wasn't this part of an rfc why isn't everything an rfc reviewed push why is there anyone writing directly to master and the reality of that is that there are core developers who handle security issues who handle uh, bug fixes those kinds of things don't go through the rfc process those things go through uh, the the standard uh workflow that you would imagine the developer going through yeah Okay. So it was it was it was very insightful. That that whole special podcast we did is fantastic. Go listen to it. We've harped on it enough. I think we can move on to other lighthearted stuff. Yeah, with that, I think uh, it's time to hear uh, a word from our sponsor. Speaking of not having to manage uh, stuff, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, 
Let's hear it from Cloudways. We bring today's podcast to you in cooperation with Cloudways, a managed cloud hosting platform built for your PHP projects. If you simply wish to focus on your business, Cloudways is the way to go. They take over server management and security and free up time that you can dedicate to growing your business and acquiring new clients. Their platform offers you a choice of infrastructure as a service partners, such as AWS, Google Cloud, DigitalOcean, Linode, and Vulture. In addition, you get a performance-optimized stack, managed backups, and staging environment where you can test your code before pushing it to live servers. Best of all, Composer and Git come pre-installed so you can get your projects up and running quickly. All this power, simplicity, and peace of mind falls right in line with their brand slogan, Moving Dreams Forward. Be sure to visit cloudways.com today. Sign up using the promo code PHPUGLY and get a $25 Thank credit. Thank you, Cloudways. Cloudways. Thank you. One of, our, one of our two sponsors for this show. We'll get to the yes. second one later. Yeah. Uh, we jumped so fast into the security issue from PHP that I didn't hear about you all week, Eric or Tom. How, how was it this week? Chaos. Uh, uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I've been doing uh, some interviews and stuff, uh, code tests, but uh, I have a sinus infection, and it's just been terrible. Uh, working through it, the weather here has gone from uh, t- 10 degrees to 70 degrees in two days. It is is rough. Uh, we had snow on Tuesday, and today it was about 72 degrees. It was uh, rough here. It was 90 degrees. Yeah, it sucked. Baseball. Baseball started this week. And oh, there are fans wild. in the stadiums. It's crazy. Yeah, have you guys uh have you guys gotten the the vaccine yet? Yeah, I have. I have gotten my first of two. I, I have to get my second shot. Lucky guys. I'm waiting on my uh I, I, I was as patient as I could be, and then um my doc said, Hey, you're eligible. Uh, you should probably just go ahead and do it before they open up the floodgates. And I literally did it like uh, I got my first shot actually the last Monday. So like the, a week before they opened the floodgates here in, in Southern in, in California. So as of today, I'm, I'm eligible just because I'm over 50, but they opened up to 50 and over. And then I think by the 16th or I think the 16th or 19th, it's, it's open for everybody, everybody over 16. But I had been trying to get an appointment for like uh, a month and a half, two months, and it was impossible. I ended up driving an hour north of San Diego to Temecula to actually get my shot. And then once you get the first one, you're, it, it cues you up for your second one. So like once I got my first one, it said, okay, schedule your second one now. And it walks you through and, and schedule, schedules it for you. So I got that scheduled. So I know when I'm getting that one. But yeah, it's I still have one of my kids, uh, my wife and one daughter, uh, they work in the medical field. So they have already been taken care of. They were taken care of. My wife was actually taken care of pretty pretty early on. Um, my other child who uh, works for, in a school system uh, has been eligible longer than I have. And they haven't been able to get a... Uh, even get their first vaccine so yeah it's challenging and it's just i don't see how it's going to get better but so did you call did you call around or did you just try going through their website to schedule an appointment just tried going through the website yeah so it turns out if if you call around and you get lucky you find places that have excess so they get 
an amount for their population. And if they have extra, they'll put you on a waiting list or you call, they'll say, I'll put you on a waiting list. And if they have extras, they call you. Well, that would have been great information to have a couple months ago. Wish I had a friend of mine that knew that. I will. I will definitely uh, well, make it. Have to uh, settle for having John. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I, I'm halfway there. Uh, how about you, Eric? Colorado. Was, uh, tomorrow is the free for all date when everyone gets qualified. Sixteen and over. Uh, yes. Mm. Uh, so okay. how about you, Eric? How was your week? Been better. Ba- baseball started. He's happy about that. Base, baseball, yeah, baseball yeah. started. That's that's something to look forward to. I uh, I had I had a fairly embarrassing conversation about the fact that I uh, I'm one of the runners for to be a release manager of PHP. That that, that our, our earlier podcast kind of tailspinned into that discussion, which tailspinned. I mean, I, it's weird. I, I, I it's like I probed it in there. <laughs> kind of, I'm kind of proud of of the fact, but at the same time, every time I hear it, I like pee myself a little bit, and, like <laughs> terrified. But I will say, according to Sarah, and she credits PHP Ugly for this, she thinks this is the most people they've had volunteer to be release manager in the history of PHP. Now. I'm not satisfied with that. There's only eight people who have volunteered. I think we can get that into double digits. There's got to be two more people stop, listening to this stop, podcast. Stop that it. Think, They've already got <laughs> too many. Yeah, eight is already stop. more than are currently listening to us on YouTube. So don't get greedy. <laughs> right now we have five people viewing. And three of them, of them are us right here. Yeah. <laughs> Riviera. Riviera says, cheers from PT, guys. Where's PT? Porter? No, not Porter. What? What's PT? Where'd PT be? Riviera, where's where's PD? PT? Also, how you are had you to ask that so we all scope. Hmm? And you had to ask that so we all look dumb because none of us know what it is. <laughs> Brian Johnson <laughs> drive to known Republic District. Uh Drive to known Republic districts. Republican uh, districts to get your shot because Republicans t- tend to. Oh, no, but it. no, they're not getting their shots. Right. Oh, that makes actually a lot of sense. Holy crap. Yeah. I'm already in a very red district. Uh, no, but I'm, I'm curious here how uh, Rivera is watching us from Periscope because, as I understand it, Yesterday was Periscope's last day. I think I saw it on Twitter when when you posted us to Twitter. I think it. I think it came up. Oh wait, did it not come up? I don't know. I thought I saw it, it come up. I do see isn't, it here. Isn't Periscope owned by Twitter? Yes. Oh, it I, is. This is fascinating. We're one of the only streams currently still pushing to Periscope. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Thomas? How was your week? I already did my week. We need John's week. My week was stressful as it has been for the past six, seven, eight weeks now. It's driving me absolutely batty, but we we think we've solved a lot of it, and it seems to come down to database configuration, mm. and a lot of it tends to go to the the DBA, the the person who handles all the database administration. His historical fear of issues. So going back like. 10, 15 years where there was an issue and the, the resolution was, let's limit the number of connections to the database to 300 or whatever the number was. And since then, the application has grown tremendously. And 
the infrastructure has changed drastically going from self-maintained servers to being auto-scaled in AWS with multiple servers and able to handle so much more capacity where changing that number of connections from 300 up while it was scary was probably the right thing to do. So we changed it from 300 to 2000. Let's see, what number should that be? I don't know, 300 was enough. Let's go 2,000. Yeah, it's like when uh, Hansel and Gretel ran out of breadcrumbs to drop behind them, so they just started pulling off fingers. Just go go dramatic. I, I think it was the right thing to do. I mean, when you start running the, the calculations you'll find online for the amount of RAM you have compared to the amount of uh, buffer pool resources you have within yeah. 2000 was nothing. It, it should handle that completely fine. It, it was a necessary step and we haven't had an issue since then. So fingers crossed that was really the, the key. It also does immediately make you glad you're not a DBA when you start yeah. getting into those calculations. Yeah, Exactly. But I mean, there's so many other issues that we're still in this weird hybrid model where it gets really weird. And what I've been working on most of the, the day, and I'm very, very close to figuring it out. And I'm frustrated that we had to record. So I had to stop looking at it was every request to the website. I shouldn't say every, almost every request request to the website opens two connections to the database because they're huh? still using they're still using a legacy database layer and we're moving to doctrine that causes uh. two it causes two separate connections but in a discussion recently i realized oh shit we set a channel variable or a connection variable on the old system to do certain auditing that doesn't happen on the new one and i don't think it matters because the new one doesn't really hit those tables yet so i'm not too worried about it but it, it just got me thinking like shit i really got to fix that Plus, we have all these extra connections that shouldn't be there anyway. So just when I was about to log off for the day and then before we started recording, I was looking at it. And I feel like I'm like probably two or three lines of code if I can figure out what they are away from solving this. So (laughs) we should wrap up now. I'm John Congo. (laughs) Keep it out of here. I, premature, the, premature ending of the show. The crazy thing is, there's uh, so much more to talk about today than just that. The, I know. The, we're already halfway into this show. I know. It's crazy. I've got something that's just going to tickle Eric so much. He doesn't I like can use tickled. some tickling. Trust me. Hey, every time I've tried, you've complained about it. You don't uh, wear the top I asked you to wear. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's, Technically, it's a one piece. It, it was see through, like you asked. I'm just saying. Uh, we have show got weird real quick. Uh, <laughs> we have Fabian Potentier yes. releasing Symphony UX Turbo. I'm not familiar. You know, I'm not even looking at the freaking Trello board. Is this on the Trello board? It is. We're not. We haven't even been giving our Discord any any links. I could have been done that with the other stuff. Yeah. What is Symphony Turbo? UX Turbo. UX Turbo. Uh, it's the Symphony integration of a library called Hotwire Turbo. And if Hotwire oh. sounds like something that Eric is already a huge fan of, that's because it is. Well, I think this is like more like the... Uh, I think this is... Um, is this not more like... What's, what's the other thing called? 
um, Turbolinks. Is it, is this not like Turbolinks? No, this is uh, this is actually a two part package uh, consisting of a, a package called Turbo and a package called Stimulus. Links. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you get some very familiar looking uh, code out of this that allows you to make objects in HTML that make calls to AJAX. Uh, oh. that are built into Symphony. Oh, you know what that is. Yes. You know so, what that is. If you know what Livewire is, you might be comfortable That's it. with looking into Hotwire and Hotwire Turbo, which is the framework agnostic version of the same sort of behaviors as Livewire. <clears throat> so it's not just uh, exclusive to Laravel anymore. Now, it's definitely not the same as Livewire. It's a different project with similar goals outlined, but it is it is maintained completely separately. Um, I'm not even sure how old it is because it's just come up within my, my view here. But the integration with Symphony and the, the Symphony UX project is very interesting. Hmm. What would it take yeah, for Liveware to be to not be a Laravel specific thing? I assume I assume a lot because I think it extends it extend, extends itself from the current Livewire components. So, but I don't know what all that would be, to be honest with you. I'm just making the assumption it would be a lot of work. Yeah, I imagine it would have a, a more complete backend that you would have to install that would somewhat mimic uh, things. Uh, Brian's asking if Turbo and Stimulus are Basecamp front-end packages, and I actually think that there is a relationship between Basecamp and these two projects. Um I've seen why, it surfing why? around. I'm not sure why. Basecamp base is Rails, isn't it? Uh, well, this is a JavaScript front end for communication with a back end. So even if it is Rails, it's still mm. an NPM and JavaScript driven system. Mm. All right. Well, that that's kind of cool. I, I need to look into that. But yes, that's very promising. You're not going to look Did into you? it. You're so buried in Livewire, you're not going to look at it. I, I've already got that problem solved, John. You know me. It's already solved. There's no. I'm just trying to be polite. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need anything else. I got Livewire. Uh, just kind of a kind of a one-off fun fact thing. Did you see the the tweet from Nate Friedman on GitHub? And now GitHub automatically does a, a, a table of context for your README file. So if you have a very long README file. I assume it's just grabbing like one of the he- one of the headers or all the headers and and creates a table of contents so you can now jump around a readme. That makes sense. I but not no, I did not that. see that. Yeah, it does it does make cool. sense. Just two two hashes is the standard header for a section. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, any any of them. One, one hash is like h one, two hashes h two, three hash h three. Right, right. Uh, I, I think it does. Uh, I think seven hashes h seven. Yeah, we really need to look, review your contract, see why you're still on the show. Um, I've been sure. saying that for years now. John, uh, John, Jesus, Tom, I got something very interesting here that I put in here just for you. Is it the thing with the Colorado as, flag? Because it's As thing. you know, John and I are System 76 people. Yes. We're Roxy's System 76. And System 76 ha- has a mission uh, of 
not open open sourcing everything, not only the OS, but the BIOS, the hardware. Not all their hardware is open source platform, but a majority of it is. Um, they now uh, did a they did a testimony in front of your home state, Colorado, around a right to repair bill. I love it. Yeah. Do, do you watch um, the guy out of New York? Why can't I not think of his name? Lewis. Lewis. This is an interview he did with those guys, uh, with the uh, System 76 guys. So that, that Trello card has him doing it. I, I think that's what that one is. Actually, I should check it. Uh, let me see now. Um, well, nope. These are just the testimonies of those. Uh, yeah, John, I know exactly who you're talking about. And I okay. would need to find where that is. Here, I already found it. Here, I'll add it to Trello. Coming in hot, Louis uh, <laughs> Roseman. That's him. Lewis, yeah, yeah. I so, love that guy's content. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's had he's had a beef with Apple for forever. Um, oh yeah. So the, yeah, the reflow guy. So uh, so if you're not familiar with right to repair and what that means, uh, a lot of uh, computer manufacturers, uh, the big big boys. Um, are basically trying to make it so that uh, repair shops don't have access to any of the schematics, any any of the uh, uh, underlying hardware needed to repair things like a MacBook, like an iPhone. And, and it's not just an Apple thing. I, I, I don't mean to play it like this is just an Apple thing. There's a but lot Apple's of, one of the big ones. <laughs> Apple is definitely one of the big ones. Yeah, Apple's um, the one that lost a lawsuit that actually said that they had planned obsolescence in their products. Yeah. So this is an effort to uh, basically have a bill in place that says, hey, if you, know, if you release hardware, the consumer has a right to get that hardware repaired. Therefore, repair shops and the consumer should have access to the things they need to repair that hardware. And, and again, System76 is a poster child of this. They, they release all this. If you want to, you can build a System76 machine, everything, case and all. They have the schematics. Everything's accessible to you. Uh, that's what they're going for. They're basically saying, hey, this, this should be, you know, locked down secret stuff that people can't get. Um, of course, the, the, other side of that coin is, hey, this is proprietary information. This is how we're making our money. You know, we don't we don't want to give this information away because we don't want people stealing how we design our circuit boards, how we design our hardware. It's a flimsy argument, but it is it is what the argument is. My understanding of what their argument is. It, it's yeah. such a hard argument. I mean, it, I understand it. You're running a business and you want to make as much as you can. But the fact is most people will take the easy route and the, the people that want to build it themselves will. They'll find a way. And mm-hmm. this is a, a, a an old problem. Um, the Miss Pac-Man exists because people were taking Pac-Man machines and, and modding them with their own chips and expanding the game. Um, if you ever looked at really? an old... I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. There Honestly, was, I didn't know that. Yeah, they ended up losing... Uh, Namco sued to stop this being done, and they ended up losing the lawsuit, so they just bought the company that was doing it. Um <clears throat> but if you ever look at old uh, chips, old microchips, sometimes you'll see a blob of permanent black round you know, epoxy on it. Uh, and that's one of the ways that companies will try to hide what chips they're using in their systems. Um, and it's, 
it's still very common. Now, we have had victories on this front in the past. Uh, previously, you would see a sticker on something that said, warranty void if seal is broken. Mm-hmm. And that's no longer legal. Um, if you do see a sticker that's on something like that, it's not legally enforceable. And the having the sticker itself is considered an infraction. Uh, now companies have to prove that any damage done to the device was done by the consumer in their attempt to repair it. And that's... If they get caught lying, that's a huge fine for them. So don't be afraid to void your warranties because that is, uh, at least in America, that is no longer a thing. But Mm -hmm. right to repair is a huge problem. Um, A lot of the motivation for these uh, waterproof ratings on cell phones started with preventing people from replacing their batteries. Mm-hmm. If you just if you glue the whole thing shut between two pieces of glass, then no one can repair, replace their own battery. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a big deal. It's one of those things I'm always fighting for. I didn't realize that uh, that, that was happening here in my my state of my beautiful state of Colorado. Your own, your own backyard is leading the charge. Yeah. So it was an, right. uh, you know what now is probably a good time yeah. for our second sponsor. Go what for it. Think? This podcast is also brought to you by Honey Badger IO. Um, we explained this last week, and I'll have to continue to explain it until we decide to pre-record something. <laughs> but the the great people at Honey Badger uh, reached out, uh, became a Patreon level uh, sponsor level, and didn't 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 reach out, didn't talk talk to us at all. I actually reached out to them and said, hey, Honey Badger, thanks for sponsoring us. What do you want us to say? Their response is, I don't know. Just ad-lib something. We'll, we're fine. We just thanks for the podcast. So definitely want to ad-lib something. Definitely want to thank them. Uh, if you're not familiar with honey, what Honey Badger is, it's, it's basically one of these uh, bug, uh, what would you call it? Bug catcher uh, or... Uh, a, a cloud exception handling platform. Cloud exception handling platform. Uh, some of the stuff I have written down here is uh, Honey Badger provides all the content you need to understand what is causing each exception, who's affected by it, and makes it easy to follow up with those users once the problem is fixed and deployed. Um, great uh, guys. If you're using one of the, the competing products, I really recommend you check out just the front page of HoneyBadger.io. They have they have descriptions of features that you wouldn't even imagine using your older products. Um, things that let you track behavior, you know, user interaction before an exception occurs, so you can trace which variables got modified and when, uh, all the way down to the point where the exception occurred, and allowing for the customer to input information so that you can contact them and say. I've seen the issue and we're working on resolving it or we have resolved it. Uh, very, very cool stuff. Yeah. So good people, good people over at honeybadger.io. Uh, go give them a look, give them a try. We're using honeybadger.io uh, on a couple of our sites now because they were so nice to sponsor us. So thanks, honeybadger.io. Yeah. Check monitoring off your to-do list with honeybadger.io. And, you know, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the system is managed platforms for handling stuff if you're Mm -hmm. running your your own exception handler thing you're missing stuff um these Mm -hmm. people are experts in what they do and managed platforms take that 
task off of your list, especially as a, a smaller developer uh, group like us, instead of, you know, IBM or something like that. I'm sure they have their own custom solutions in place. But for the, the target audience of Laravel developers, the, the artisans out there, this is definitely something to just get the get it off your back. And, and they do have a free tier, so you can do it with no risk. Uh, the only risk is falling in love with it and wanting to spend more money to get more uh that is more a constant, honey badger. That is a constant risk. That's the risk. That's the risk you run. I mean, that's the risk of listening to our show is just falling in love with us and becoming a Patreon or, or falling asleep while you're driving. I heard that's a problem <laughs> that's as well. A, yeah. Well, okay. It was, it was only one time, but the casualties were unexpectedly high. <laughs> oh, you pilot, you, you know, go figure. <laughs> yeah. If you are if you are flying a plane, do not listen to our podcast, please. Just put it on pause. You know, go into the captain's room afterwards and listen to it. John, John, what? tell me about a no no return type. We we had a little bit of this conversation in Discord. Yeah. This actually came from Discord. I didn't know it was an RFC. Uh, there was an RFC that came through for having a no return type. So if you were we're we're currently used to if your function exits without supplying some sort of return type, we have a void type. But what happens if your method doesn't exit or die? Should it be a void type? And I guess the argument with this RFC is it should be a no return type. You don't expect it to come back. It's going to exit no mm -hmm. matter what. And I actually have code like this in the code base I work in with a redirect. On a redirect, it prints out the headers, prints out the location you're supposed to go to, and then just dies or exits. I, I believe and that's similar to how Laravel handles uh, redirects too. Does it? They really yeah, believe, they spit out the headers and exit. I believe if you if you call a redirect at any point in Laravel, it just kills kills the script right there. I, I would actually be very shocked on that. I mean, I don't know for sure. I haven't Fine. looked at it. No, I'll look. It I, up. I, yeah, while you do that, I am actively trying to get rid of that in this code base because it makes testing impossible because you call exit during a PHP unit run and PHP unit just dies. It's like, okay, I'm done. So wait, the way it should be working is it returns a response type of a return, which should travel back up the chain just like any other response would and redirect you. Mm -hmm. it, that's why, that's why I'm thinking that they Laravel can't because their whole thing is around testing that goes through your controller through dusk. And mm -hmm. if you're doing an exit, well, I, I guess if you're doing front end, if you're testing from the front end, you don't know any different, but if you're actually trying to unit test an exit is a bad thing. I can't. So read I, this. I, I say, I say all that. <laughs> I don't understand what this RFC does to me. This RFC is adding code smells to your application. If you're, if you're saying this is a no return site, to me, that's a code smell, and you should be looking at getting rid of or refactoring that method and not doing whatever is causing that. Now, Just let's my not, opinion. Let's not forget that these static types uh, are important for the JIT compiler. Uh, if you have a static, if you have a return type, then it can be, the code can be stored in a compiled format much easier. Mm -hmm. So, Which is which is fine, but I'm what I'm saying now is if you're not returning, there is an there is an issue to, in that method that while it's going to be hard, it should be refactored out, and you shouldn't have that. Well, what if it was a main loop like a, a never exiting process? How many of those do you have in a web front end area? That is none of your business. 
<laughs> Buttery in Discord says, surely it helps with static analysis and JIT and slash caching. So, yeah, exactly. Like which might is, factor into this. Which is fine, but it's still a code smell, and I still think it doesn't belong in your code base if you're doing a web front, a web-based application. Well, if you're doing a long-running application, that's completely different, and maybe that's what they're they're aiming for. Let's not forget too that that exit does not immediately halt execution of the program. It starts the exit functionality of the program, which is the deconstruct method on all instantiated classes and objects, and the shutdown methods that are that are flagged for execution. Okay, so. But in all intents and purposes, it does just halt execution at that point. It begins halting execution. (laughs) Now you're just being pedantic because it's not passing. It's not going to pass the the response interface, the response object that you are creating. It's not going to pass that into your destruct. It's just going to say, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Free all your memory. So it doesn't. Yes, you're you. You are correct, but it doesn't help you in any way solve the issue at hand. I could see this. Now, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I I don't agree with this RFC. I don't think it's necessary at all. But um, I could see this being functional in a WebSocket environment where you you may exit at any point in the execution cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Things that are long running or, like I said, running in a loop um, where the intention of it is to stream uh, responses, but never uh, return a response object. Yeah, I, I realized that as soon as you said that last piece about having a, a loop where there is that possibility where we're not in a web application. And unfortunately, that's kind of where my mind goes. That's where, where I focus my time at. But PHP is branching out into other things where an exit probably is legitimate and mm-hmm. needs to be there. I mean, I have my own long-running processes, uh, job daemons that run, that do an exit. So there, I guess there is a point to it. Now, and I, I was only single-focused on the web. Request. And if you consider, if you consider the, the new integration with fibers, there's a potential that you'd be spinning off multiple green threads that will exit when they're done with their job, when they're done with their task, because they will be non asynchronously responding to promises. Hmm. See, this is why when we talked about it in discord, which is why you should join discord right now is What's when that this URL? was brought up discord.phpugly.com. While we were having this conversation, somebody brought it to my attention. I was like, we we're having this back and forth. And I'm like, I'm sure I'll be proved wrong. And I was proved wrong right here on the show. <laughs> Speaking of Discord, I, we are we are very glad to have all of our uh, friends in Discord, all of our listeners. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm not allowed to call them fans still, even no, though it's starting to feel it's starting to feel like we have fans. It's which is weird. Not fans. Um, no. But huge thank you to to all of our patrons on Patreon. Whoops. We we have a new one. Whoa, God! Oh, what God! Are you, what what, are, what, what, what are is you, happening? What are you doing? I hit Why all. Oh, that's are pretty we, slick. Are we done with the show? I, we've got like so many other things to talk about. That's pretty slick. I, I like what you did there. Uh, uh, do you have wow. them all? I don't see our new Patreon there. Are they coming up? Here They're comes scrolling. our new Patreon. Peter That's A. Scrolling. Holly S. Welcome new Patreon supporter, Holly S. I know Holly. Holly and I have spoken over Twitter in the past. She, They have called me out several times. Uh, and... Uh, 
I appreciate them keeping called, me honest. Called, called well, you out in which way? That's basically the only way that Eric curious. uses Twitter is to get called out. <laughs> Just making sure I'm keeping it real. I don't. I. I won't get into particulars. <laughs> but you know what? I think. Uh, I think I may have. I think my bot may have broken our show notes because I know the show note links aren't posting. Um, I'm going to try to manually run it here. Yes, we are. We have a problem with show notes. Oh dear. Um, That's fine. We'll be yeah, okay. I'm going to have to fix that. So you like the you like oh, the new Patreon boy. page? I do like the I new do Patreon like the new page. Patreon page. It looks okay. nice. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Except I feel like you were trying to crowbar the patrons in there before we ended the show. Are you done? Should I not? No, no, not at all. No. I just I, I felt like it was a a nice fluid segue into thanking the people that help us make this possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but. No, like like Eric had said earlier when we were when we were talking about uh the issues, the PHP issues, um Sarah had mentioned, you know, our podcast several times, which she, she was, felt obligated. I'm just saying. No, I we we're I we're having some influence on the community. We're definitely a presence and I haven't really paid attention to it in a while, but uh it's it's strange. It's a strange feeling. What are you saying? That was, that, was, that was all I was. That wasn't going anywhere specifically with that. I don't know. I was Eric, ready for more. Thought either of you might have something to say about that. Our our increasing popularity. It, it was. It was just more fun watching you just kind of flounder with it. Here, this I'll flounder like this. I'll focus entirely on you. So it's obvious I was expecting your response here. My, I don't have a response. Oh my god! I don't. Oh I god, don't feel. Oh I don't feel like we have that much influence on anybody. I think we just <laughs> chat with each I other and we have fun. That's all that matters. I don't know. It depends on how you badly know. Eric screws up the release process. <laughs> <laughs> Not release manager yet. But you know. and, and as Bucky, I agree. Chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> Eric, have you? I'm fixing things. Eric, have you been following the the windy tailwind situation? Actually, I think John might have queued up a story before that. I, I did, but mine is stupid. So I, I'm not a big fan of this one either. So <laughs> okay. it, it it is I, a, it is a lot of drama, and I I fear getting into drama. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna do a hard pass on this one, but yeah. All right. Well, mine was just in passing. I, I don't know how I stumbled across this story, but there there have been reports that Amazon knows that their drivers are peeing in bottles and possibly defecating into plastic bags. That's not, that's not, let's not say that. The peeing okay, in bottles. Pooping pees. in the plastic bags. Let's not even say that. Let's just, let's stick with peeing in bottles. First thing, why would that surprise anybody? I mean, really, why would it surprise? These guys are on the road all day long. They're driving through neighborhoods. It's not like they have a bathroom readily available to them. I define there's a Starbucks on every corner. Long, long haul truckers do it all the time. I, I I don't particularly want to have to do it, but that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Uh, I, you know, how bad is it really? I've done it twice this episode. I think the whole I mean, point there, of the story is more that I think the whole point of the story is that the the pressures put on the drivers are too high, like not giving them a. They're mm. trying to meet quotas versus 
take care of themselves. Gotcha. Okay. Now, had you told me Amazon line workers are peeing in bottles, that there would be a problem there. But uh, where yeah, the workers uh, are? Yes, that's what I'm saying. That I mean, that would be that would be an issue. That, that is a well documented thing as well. The fact that drivers that, that are I don't know, you know about. I know what I've seen is the drivers, not line workers. Yeah, the fact that the drivers are, if if it's because the pressure they're putting on them, that's another story. Uh, but you know, I don't know if every neighborhood has a park with a available bathroom to it, or you know how far some of these drivers need to go to get to a Starbucks. I I, I don't know. Um, so I wouldn't mm. be completely floored to find that's happening because when you gotta go, you gotta go. You know, what would you rather than pee in somebody's garden? You know, it's it's yeah, it's I think it, I think if you're if you're driving in rural USA where there's miles between locations, there's plenty of woods obviously at that point. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, but I mean, let's be clear here. These are already custom vehicles. If this is an issue, add another customization to the vehicle. Am I, is that not, I, I think, uh, I mean, the, the, it, it, to, to have a customization that, that would handle all, all, you know, gender parts that, that starts to be not so, I mean, for, for us dudes, a bottle is all we need. Right. I mean, that's not an acceptable solution for everybody. Uh, it's, it's hard to get those wide mouth bottles still though. <laughs> Stop talking. We need to move on. We gotta move on. I don't I even know how I stumbled. I can't even remember how I stumbled across that story. It was just fascinating to me that that was a thing. All, right, I All got, I know I is I was in incognito and the story popped up. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually I know I, I know where I got it. It was from Twitter, but there we go. Got, hey, got I, the had, title I had suggestion. A, I, I had an open source pull request accepted. Woo-hoo. I saw this. Is that a is that a picture of Jared Leto? Oh, I, don't know I missed it. Is. Where is it? Is it in trouble? Uh, yeah, I, I moved it over to the show notes already. So I use Swift Mailer often, and they have a, they use another open source library to do email validation. And this email validator, I think, uses four different email validation RFCs to try and validate an email address and. Of course, we hit the bug of this email just won't validate and I can't send to it. I followed the chain and my initial interpretation of the RFC was incorrect, where an email just can't be more than 256, I think 256 characters, but before Uh, the at symbol, yeah, before the at symbol can't be more than 64 characters. So Mm. I create a pull request that fixes it, sends it off, and they're like, yeah, that's not what the RFC says. I'm like... Son of a <laughs> So in the meantime, while I'm waiting for them to accept it, I fork the repo and I force the local composer to use my fork because it fixes the issue I need. Mm-hmm. It turns out that what they were calling a label is after the at between dots can be no more than 63 characters. And then the whole domain cannot be more than 255 characters. Huh. So you can have X dot Y dot Z and X cannot be more than 64. And it was, it was a super simple move. One of the lines outside of an if it was, a two was line, it was a one line fix. The, the, was, the only code you added was to a test, which is, I mean, granted you, you know, you, you helped out. It wasn't. Yeah. You, there's no, you did an add to a test, right? No, I did that. And I fixed the code. So I, I didn't did add, you didn't add a line. You just moved an existing line. 
Right. Really? But I did a TDD. I'm burning you on this one. I did it. I did TDD. <laughs> I put a bad email address into the test. The test failed. Mm-hmm. I moved that line from within an if block outside the if block. Test passed. Mm-hmm. Good to go. Good to go. If you look at my if you look at my previous commits, you'll see that I did way more and it wasn't necessary because I was proven wrong. I do not see any previous commits, but that commit is all I need to see. Well, you you won't see it in the commit list because I rebase, but if you look at the the uh the the messaging, it'll say John Congdon force pushed from commit X to commit Y. So then you can I do see that. Yeah, you can click on those and you can see where I I did way more. Ah, uh, I see now. Yes. And then when the uh, maintainer got back to me, which I wasn't sure the maintainer would because this is a really old package. So I, I made the assumption that it was dead. And they came back and they're like, yeah, this is how I interpret the, the RFC. They they literally merged the pull request quicker than your client merges your pull request. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is true. Yeah, it's going to take longer to pull the latest version for your client than it is to update to the latest ver- update the latest version. Like, it's going to take them longer to accept his pull request with this fix than it took them <laughs> to accept the fix. Uh, it's funny because it's true. I haven't. I have another one. I don't know if, if we want to talk about it. Absolutely. I have, I have no clue how this ended up in my browser. But Uh-oh. oh, that's that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, it's normally not a good way to start a conversation, but I got a platesphp.com tab open in my browser, and I still don't know where it came from. And it really is nothing more than a another template library, kind of like Smarty or Twig or Mustache for PHP, but it's maintained by the League. And is it the League? It, says, it just says League. Is that is that the League? I thought so. I was just, I was just wondering that. Huh. I, I think all their stuff is league. Uh, this is the League of Extraordinary Packages. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, which I believe... Oh, it is the PHP League, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. was a rebrand. A rebrand? Into uh, just League, you mean? Yeah. Well, this is interesting, then. This is a League package. Huh. I'm, I'm fascinated because, one, I hate the template language I use now. Mm-hmm. And every time I... It, Smarty? We talk, yeah. Every How time we I talk know? about because it's still smarty too, it's so and it's awful. a pain in the ass. It's so bad. And every time we talk about it, we have another developer that says, "You know what makes a great template language? PHP, because it was built <laughs> as a template language." And he's not wrong. But... <laughs> Definitely not wrong. I mean, granted, this does a lot more <sighs> than just throwing PHP templates out there. Yeah. I'm more confused on why is this open in my browser? Cause I don't remember clicking on the link. I so feel like I, this I would... link came in through our Diego dev disc, uh, Diego dev Slack channel. Cause I, it, I feel like I've looked at this before. Possibly. I, I tried when I saw it this week, I went to, to Slack and tried searching for that link and I did not find mm-hmm. it. So I, I would be interested in knowing that plate hmm. PHP. Yeah. See, when it. I when I search for it in Slack, I don't find it anywhere. Yeah, I'm saying I'm not I'm not finding it. That's why I'm That's s- weird. so confused. I don't know. So I thought it was interesting. It's a good take a look at it if you're looking for a, a template language outside of Smarty or Mustache Twig. Mustache Blade. Blade Blade is the way. 
Blade is pretty damn nice. Not everyone is a Laravel developer for crying out right. loud. Well, it should be. Speaking of Laravel, speaking of RFCs, Thomas, did you happen to catch that uh, Laravel employee Nuno Medora has an RFC out there? I will add it to Trello. No. I'm not trying to huh. sniper this. Uh, basically, uh, he has an RFC out there. It's called Auto Capturing Multi Statement closures oh and he's just, and i so saw that and immediately turned my brain off and walked away yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know if i follow but it looks like it looks like they're trying to combine uh basically two separate functionalities that php have into one functionality so uh i'll add it to the show notes uh for anybody interested but yeah where did i put that at right here Boop. Uh, and this this also comes into play with the good night, Brian J. Good night. Uh, the the recent short tags RFC that's out there. Have you seen that one? Yeah, we just we, didn't we talk about that la- last week. I don't remember what that short tags was though. Uh, it's short function tags that that are very similar to how JavaScript handles uh, short closures. Oh, right. This this is part of that. Right. Um, and that's there's some interesting stuff in there. Uh, in JavaScript, it's definitely used very, very frequently. Uh, one of the confusing things about it is that you don't need to define a return statement. It's just the thing just does return whatever the last thing you did is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's well, PHP short uh, functions have that, right? I don't even know what they're called, but yeah, they are short functions. Um, and this is, I mean, I, I guess, I guess I have to read what this RFC, this auto capture RFC, is now. Um, so next week, so, I promise I'll have a breakdown on that. Next week, yeah. Sounds good. So the, I like the, the short the short function syntax is if it's a very simplistic single statement, you don't need to put a return in there. Mm. It just does it and returns the value. And this is I from think Nuno they're trying Maduro. To, yeah, I don't understand what the 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 difference between the auto capture plus statement list does versus the menu capture. It looks like all it does is get rid of the use statement, but why? Yeah, I uh, like I said, I'll look into this. I'll have a better breakdown for us next week. Um, I did want to close out on one thing that's been in, sitting in my uh, board for a while. A little bit of doom and gloom for everyone out there. Uh, Google, as part of their AI research, their AI funds and groups, have a lot of ethics teams, a lot of ethics leaders, thought leaders, and they all seem to be quitting or getting fired really frequently. And it, it's actually to the point now where the there's an AI ethics uh, research conference that said, uh, yeah, Google's not invited. Uh they suspended Google's sponsorship of the event, mm-hmm. which if you've ever run an event, suspending somebody's sponsorship is a bold move. Um, uh-huh. Ethics in AI research is very, very important. Uh, AI research leads to automated policing systems, facial recognition systems, a lot of scary minority report technology that we don't want to see in the world. Um, and removing the ethics team leads seems like a, a bad thing. Uh, I don't know. Eric, you had some thoughts about this last week when we were talking. I did. I actually had a lot of thought, thought, thoughts on it. I forget the details of the article now, but uh, man, I was, I'm trying to remember because I had read this article pretty thoroughly. Uh, actually, I think it was more than a week ago. I feel like, I feel like that one was a couple weeks old. Um, 
but yeah, this is scary stuff. Uh, I mean, we've we've talked a lot about ethics in our industry for a long time and how important it is. AI, especially, uh, is just ridiculously, ridiculously important. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I know I had a lot of things I should have made notes about it. I, I, I can't remember any of them right now. So let me, while you're thinking about that, what was Google... Was Google pressuring the conference in any way? Is that why they were removed as sponsors? Because that's the only reason I could see saying, hey, we don't want your sponsorship money is if they wanted to change something. Uh, no, the the action came after Google filed, fired their ethical AI lead, uh, Margaret Mitchell, and the co-lead, uh, Timnit Gebru. Uh, and then after doing so, they took about 100 engineers, reorganized the structure of all of their teams, and placed the ethical AI team under the vice president, uh, Marion Crow. Um, and I believe that the, the conference in question here was concerned that having the, having the ethical team being uh, overseen by the vice president of the company directly puts unnecessary pressures on ignoring the ethical problems that the team is discovering. Um, now, it's probably not surprising that people who are leading uh, – ethics research teams are generally outspoken individuals and that could have something to do with it here but the the real issue that i have is that there's very little transparency uh google is one of the leaders in ai development and they're just firing the people who make sure that ai development doesn't kill us all uh, without explaining their actions or even recouping losses somehow by replacing these people uh, it's something that's important for us to keep an eye on um and since this conference was a an ethics-based conference, they had to look at this lack of transparency from Google and say, okay, you guys aren't in the ethics business. You don't have any place sponsoring us here. So, uh, And there's, there's questions of censorship from some of the research results that, uh, that came back here. Uh, the Dr. Uh, Timnit Gebru, uh, it, it is believed, had some research that she wanted to publish that Google essentially said, you can't publish this and you're fired and we own it. So if you publish it, we'll sue you, you know, sue you to hell. Um, and censorship of the research that you've developed to protect ethics within your company is fundamentally unethical. You're, you've gone the opposite direction. I'm just curious if that was a direct quote. Did, did they say we'll sue you to hell? Uh no, that's uh, that's just <laughs> that's that's Tom's interpretation. <laughs> I just say it so often it, it rolls off the tongue. Uh, way to bring the show down. We were on such a high, and then you just had to crash well, us into we're, a. We're wall. gonna we're gonna end on a high. So we started this whole show talking about please don't say baseball. the 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 PHP <laughs> uh, panel. We participated in earlier. Now is your time to help. So the whole effort we're trying to make is we're trying to get that information in front of as many PHP developers as we can. That's why we offered the audio podcast and the video podcast for other PHP podcasters to add to their stream. Um, whether they do it or not, that's their call. We're not going to pressure them. We're not going to tell you not to listen to them. I'm just going to say we did it. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. But you can help as well, all right? If you are on Reddit, there is, I did post a Reddit thread under r slash PHP, said PHP discussion panel to talk about the recent security events around the PHP core code base. If you can get there, if you can help upvote that, just kind of keep some visibility to that uh, topic, 
really want to get as many people watching that that video and getting that information as possible. Uh, you know, make sure that people aren't concerned about PHP, aren't concerned about the security. They understand how much transparency the PHP core developers want to have, not only on, on this issue, but within PHP as a whole. So run over to the podcast with this run over to reddit.com slash R slash PHP. Um, It's still hovering around the top of the list right now under hot and new and top. Uh, So if you can get, get there, (laughs) even if you've already seen the video, just vote that up and keep, keep some visibility to it. I would appreciate that. And I do know the PHP core team would appreciate it as well. And a a huge thank you to uh, Sarah Goldman, who, we spoke with on that uh, on that video. Um, great presentation of the facts. Great uh, discussion, and really handled all of our questions uh, face forward. Didn't dodge anything. Had a lot of answers uh, when she had answers, and a lot of we'll let you know when they're still looking into things. So, uh, huge thank you. Absolutely. That was that was awesome. Nothing was off the table. Uh, that- she was clear about that. Any questions well, we had, we were free to tell. John wanted to talk about peeing in bottles, but I muted him. <laughs> Smart move. Smart move. I need to tell you guys that, uh, so we did things a little differently. Typically for this show, we stream through OBS and Tom handles the OBS stream. We also record using a separate service for the audio podcast because it syncs things up. Um, if things go squirrely, now we used to do all these backups and stuff. Now it's just, if things go squarely, I grab the audio off the YouTube channel and uh, we we just work with that. But when I do interviews for PHP architect, uh, we will use zoom to record as a backup and use uh, this other service, uh, Zencaster that we use um, normally. Well, today, because there were so many people, there were six people on this panel and everybody was muting on zoom to let the person speak, speak, and then to indicate that they wanted to speak next, they would come off mute. Uh, so that worked really well. But then I realized all those people muting on zoom, that mute does not translate to Zencaster. So I was still going to have to spend an hour or so of my day editing the podcast where I just thought I was, so I I figured, well, you know what? I'm just going to use the zoom stream because not only do I record the video, but I record everybody's audio track as a separate track. So I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to use the zoom meeting and use that audio and be done with it. Do you know, apparently when you mute on zoom, it stops your recording. Oh, really? So not only was the recordings not lining up, but the length, of everybody's recording was different. So it's not like I could even scoot it over and get everybody's time and see, I would have to slice everybody's video. Oh man. I was so pissed because from an editing perspective, our podcast earlier was like near perfect. Everybody stayed on mute. The whoever was speaking, asking questions, spoke and asked their question. It was very clear. There wasn't a lot of fumbling. I'm like, this is going to be a super easy edit. And and yeah, things went squirrely really quick. So I ended up, what I ended up doing, I didn't even check the Zencaster. Like I said, I could have used Zencaster, but then I would have to go through when everybody thought they were on mute and background noise or talking, I would have to go through and listen to it all and silence it out. So what I ended up doing is I grabbed the video feed. I love being on Linux, by the way, because there's always, always a terminal command to fix things. I grabbed the That's video feed. Really 
And I used FFmpeg to uh, pull out the stream. That's an April Fool's if you've ever seen one. Harry Mac? Yeah. That's I'm going to really. lose my shit. I'm going to lose my shit if that's really him. <laughs> it, it, I'm going to lose my it's shit. An April, it's an April Fool's joke if you've don't ever do seen Don't do that. that no, is... it's not, dude. It's it's his, It's not. I don't believe that's him. That is not. It, it's, it's got his, it's got his, his, I can't click on it. Why can't I click on it? Because, because, because I don't. Of, Anyways, <clears throat> speaking of Harry was, Mac. That was Tom. It's not, it's not me. <laughs> it's, it really says it's him. I think it's really <laughs> him, dude. You guys are mean people if you're not really. Dude, I think it's him. Dude, because, play it, play it, play it, Tom, because, play it. Because Thank you everybody for listening. For no, we're not going anywhere. Play yeah, we're not going anywhere. Play it. All right, Harry, hang hang out. If that's you, hang out. Thanks for everybody listening for this episode of PHP Ugly. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong. And shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me shouts out to php the ugly it's called ugly because it's not professional but i'm about to come through and bless it with style so let's do it when i'm spitting i perfume the room yo the segment of the show is called doom and gloom that came from thomas yeah can nobody go beyond this i get the mic and then i'm about to keep it like a promise yeah and y'all know we fill them up with anguish we talking about the php the programming language about to break it down no exaggeration what do y'all do for a living web application Okay, I can dig it. My words spray tight. Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights. Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude. I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube. So let's get it. You know my lyrics are major. All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing. Keep it ugly. We ending every show with the saying it's lovely. Let's go. Yeah, come on.